0: Oh, hey, I'm so glad that you found us. My name's Michael, and I get to be the pastor at Shepherd's Community United Methodist Church in Lakeland, Florida. You're listening to the It's Better When You're Here podcast, where every week we upload the messages that are preached at our church every Sunday. We hope by listening to this, you feel safe, heard, and loved by the God that created you. We hope this message makes an impact in your life. If listening to this makes a difference, reach out to us and connect with us either on social media. Or on our website, shepherdsumc.com. All right, here's the message. We recite creeds as a church not to decide who's in and who's out, but to remind ourselves of what we're aspiring to. Maybe this morning you woke up and you don't believe anything in the Apostles' Creed. You are so welcome here. Maybe you're like super Christian this morning and you woke up and you believe every syllable and letter. Congratulations. You are welcome here. So let's recite this together as we aspire towards the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for affirming my faith while we affirm our faith together. God is at work to be found and is wanting all of us to live a life full of meaning and calling. Friends, we're starting a new series this morning called God's Sightings, and I'm so glad that we get to start this series. Let's begin by hearing uh, the word of God from Esther, chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. In reply, Esther ordered Hathach to tell Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people in his provinces know that there's a single law in a case like this. Any man or woman who comes to the king in the inner courtyard without being called is to be put to death. Only the person to whom the king holds out the gold scepter may live. In my case, I haven't been called to come to the king for the past 30 days. When they told Mordecai Esther's words, he had them respond to Esther. Don't think for one minute that unlike all the other Jews, you'll come out of this alive simply because you are in the palace. In fact, if you don't speak up at this very important time, relief and rescue will appear for the Jews from another place. But You and your family will die. But who knows? Maybe it was for a moment like this that you've come to be a part of the royal family. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Woo! Uh, if it's your first Sunday, we say woo after we say thanks be to God because we actually are really happy that we get to read God's word. Um, and it's just to weird you out a little bit, if we're really honest, yeah. Uh, so Esther is such an interesting book. I, I've, I've been uh, lucky enough to lead a Bible study. Uh, for the prayer shawl uh, ministry that meets on Tuesday mornings uh, for the last two weeks. And we've got two more weeks going. So if prayer shawl is your thing, we'd love to see you this Tuesday at 11-ish, 1130, um, to talk about uh, that. Um, But Esther is an interesting book. It is a uh, historical epic. So it's not based off of what actually happened the Book of Esther is one of these interesting books that it's written in a style of writing that was common in Israel that wasn't necessarily focused on facts and figures and dates and times, but more focused on the broader story, the bigger idea. It's not exactly like not letting the facts get in the way of a good story. I, i've been I've been known to do this myself. You know, I caught a fish that was that was this big and when I reeled it in and then I got it home. and by the time I was, you know, telling the story a couple of weeks later, about broke my back when I picked it up, you know, that sort of thing. But it's not exactly that. See, what's important to know about the book of Esther is that it's about communicating the grander epic of God's work in our lives. In the book of Esther, God is never mentioned, but we know that God wants to be found. So in the book of Esther, God is never mentioned, but we know that God wants to be found. What kind of got me thinking about this story, about the the story of Esther, is number one, you almost never hear Esther preached on in churches. And I can tell you why. Whenever you find a part of scripture and you go, man, I've never heard a preacher talk about that. I can tell you exactly why. Because it's hard. There are parts of this book that are just like real hard to talk about. So you probably won't hear a whole sermon series on like the Song of Solomon. Go home and read it later. Maybe with like a light on um, and someone else around. Um, it's hard to preach on the book of Esther. It's hard to preach on Leviticus. It's hard to preach on these things. So you don't get to hear the story. But I wanted to elevate it as well because the hero of Esther is a woman. And you read so much in in the Bible, you, you can presume to yourself that women were not invented until Jesus rose from the dead, right? There's a couple women mentioned here and there, but Esther is a hero. And I think that's really important. So that's, that's what got me thinking about this. But the other thing that got me thinking about the story of Esther is this really great holiday called Purim. How many of you have ever heard of the holiday Purim? Purim is this great holiday that our Jewish siblings celebrate, wherein kids get together and they hear the story of Esther read aloud and everyone wears a costume. So one young lady will dress like Esther. Uh, some bad guy will dress up Probably the youth rabbi, uh, just being a recovering youth pastor, I can tell you is probably what he's going to play. Haman, the bad guy, we'll talk more about him. And they boo and hiss every time Haman comes out, and someone dresses up like Mordecai. But then they also dress up in Halloween costumes, and so you'll see the story of Esther being read aloud to like a giraffe or Tom Brady or you know the Grim Reaper. And this is like a fun holiday where there's great pastry, which name I can't pronounce, and. It's this lovely holiday, and I was like, why, as I do, something will hit my mind and I'll go to Google, because I cannot live in mystery any longer. Google is right on my phone. I'm going to know everything, right? It's too easy. And so I Googled it, trying to find out why Jewish people wear costumes on Purim. And it's because in the book of Esther, God is in a disguise. See, if you read the book of Esther cover to cover, you will never see the word Yahweh, You'll never hear about God. God's never mentioned. God never speaks. And, you know, God is a pretty big part of the whole Bible, right? You can't go a couple pages without God making a, you know, a cameo, right? God's kind of a recurring character. But in Esther, God took that season off, right? And so we really have to search for God in the story of Esther. But what we know, what Esther teaches us is that God wants to be found and will be found. You're all of us fulfilling our calling. So I know that we just read a short little part of the story of Esther. I do encourage you, it's only 10 chapters. If you've got 30 minutes spread out throughout the week, go ahead and read all of Esther. It's not a difficult read. Let me catch you up just a little bit. Depending on your translation, you'll see the character King Ahasuerus or, mercifully, Xerxes, the same name. Don't tell me how, or don't ask me how, but apparently it's the same name. So King Xerxes is married to Queen Vashti, and Queen Vashti is queen of this enormous kingdom that Xerxes is the king of. It spreads from Sudan all the way to India, including Palestine, where the people of Israel have lived. It's this massive, massive international kingdom, and one day Xerxes decides to throw a party. And this thing goes for like six months. It is a big to-do. Vashti throws her own party. Xerxes decides to call her out to put her in her place, tell her to come in and parade in front of his friends. She refuses and she's out of a job, right? So that's, that's how that works. It was uh, in her contract, right? And she got a pink slip, she was done. Which raises the issue, how are we gonna have another queen? We need to find another queen. And so Esther, who's a child without parents, an orphan, probably because of the conquest of Israel, is being raised by her cousin, Mordecai, who works in the palace. Mordecai pulls a few strings, gets Esther an interview, and she becomes the queen of all Persia, right? If you want, you can read about, like, the the makeover that happens. She spends a couple weeks in the palace getting special food, special skin treatments. It's fun to read it because you can tell a man wrote it. It's like, she ate special food. She got something on her hair. I don't know. Uh, She looked pretty afterwards, right? That's the story of Esther. Esther gets raised up to this role of queen. Goes from an orphan, a Jewish orphan, all the way up to queen in just a few short paragraphs. And then Mordecai continues to work in the palace and does a very, very good job. But he has some co-workers that he does not like. Most of all, Haman. Everyone say Haman. Right. Not Amen. Haman, right. Haman essentially decides that, you know, if Mordecai doesn't like him, Haman doesn't like Mordecai even more. Haman dislikes Mordecai so much. I don't know if this has ever happened at your place of work. But Haman decides to have the king exterminate all of Mordecai's family. Has this ever happened to you at work? I hope not, but a decree is, is called out that all of the people of Israel in all of the kingdom of Persia will be destroyed in six months, and it's all because of Haman. Mordecai reacts just like I would, tears his shirt, throws ash on his head, and lays down. I think that's what I would do. I don't, you know, tough day, the office, rip my shirt, get some ash out of the fireplace, lay down in the backyard. That's, that's how I feel sometimes. And Mordecai then calls out to Esther, Esther, it's time. You've been placed somewhere, and we need you. But the thing I really want to focus on here, maybe you, if you've been in the church world, you've heard the phrase, for such a time as this, right? That that goes on plaques with flowers, right? You may have purchased one of those for Mother's Day, right? That is a thing that you'll see around for such a time as this. It comes from this passage, Mordecai says to Esther simply, listen, you don't have to be courageous if you don't want to. God will do a work. But who knows? Maybe this is why you are queen. Maybe for such a time as this, you have been placed here with your power and your courage to do something. God wants to be found and will be found through all of us fulfilling our calling." Let's talk about the people of Israel. The people of Israel had a covenant with God. Esther's people, the people of Jesus, they had a covenant with God. God said to the people of Israel, you will be my presence on earth. The kingdoms of the world will know me through your actions. And what do the people of Israel do? They mess up, just like every other human being. They fail, they fail, they fail, and the presence of God is not made manifest through their lives. It is not clear who God is because of what the people of Israel do because they don't do a very good job. And and we don't see God at work as much as we want to now, right? Because the people of Israel, their deal then got passed on to all of us as followers of Jesus. And sometimes we don't do a very good job of showing exactly what Jesus looks like, what God looks like. And to say that God reigns in this world can, can feel insincere in this life, can it? To say that God is on God's throne, to say that God is in control is really, it's tough to say it with a straight face sometimes, right? We watch the news, we see suffering, we see death, we see destruction, we see shootings happening in our communities, in our neighborhood, in our schools, and we feel like, How could we really say that God is in control? It can feel insincere. Friends, God wants to be found and will be found through all of us fulfilling our calling. And how that touches the book of Esther is this. In a book that doesn't mention God, we can feel seen. I don't know about you, but God has never spoken audibly to me never been walking down the road and heard a Morgan Freeman type voice saying, Michael, go to the store, right? It's more of a, a gut feeling. Sometimes, especially when I was you know, a young adult looking to go into a career, I kind of, I wanted to check the line, see if God could get through, make sure it wasn't busy, right? I wanted to hear God say, Michael, major in this, get this career and invest in Tesla stock. It would be great. You can get it for a nickel, buy a thousand. But unfortunately or fortunately the line is not as clear as I would want it to be. Now I've had moments. I've had moments that have really messed up what I wanted to do. And I blame it as I should on the voice of God. It didn't sound like Morgan Freeman though it uh, sounded like gut-wrenching, heart-altering moment knowing that what I didn't want to do was exactly what God was calling me to. And that's our modern ability to hear God. Our modern ability to hear God might be a kind word of a friend. It might be a gut-wrenching feeling. It might be a sunbeam hitting you just correctly, but we are not hearing the voice of God like we read in the Bible. And when we read the book of Esther, we can feel a modern age in the book. And Esther responds just like a lot of us do, I think, when we feel God calling us to something. When we feel God calling us to do something courageous or different or hard, we feel helpless. Esther, the queen of all Persia, the queen of all of the people from from Sudan to India, from from south of Egypt to India, feels that she can't do a thing. Mordecai comes to her and says, says, I need you to speak up for the people of Israel. And Esther says, don't you know the law? I can't do that. I'm unable. I'm just a girl. I don't have the ability. I don't have the strength. I don't have the right to stand and defend the people of Israel. Esther is faced with a lot of good reasons as why she should not act. And yet, we find very soon that she does. See, God wants to be found and will be found through all of us fulfilling our calling. Salvation will come. Will you be a part of it? See, that was Mordecai's word to Esther. Listen, God is going to come through on God's promises. I'm not worried about God showing up. But Esther, will you be a part of it? Esther didn't need to act. She got to act. That's an important thing for you to hear. She didn't need to act. She got to act. On this Mother's Day, we remember that if we are so lucky to be parents, we don't have to parent. We get to parent, which please don't throw a chair at me. I get it. Sometimes it feels like you really, it's a have to sort of thing, right? Kids are, anyways, they're, they're kids. We get to have this feeling of we get to. Esther Didn't need to act. God was going to show up, but she got to act. We don't need to be the church. God will do the work. But why would you choose to miss out? You don't need to be the church. God will do the work. But why would you choose to miss out? Has anyone noticed the wind chime on the stage? Are you like me? You've been staring at this wind chime the whole time, wondering what, why is this happening? Is this going to come up in some sort of strange, esoteric worship song at the end of our time together? The thing about a wind chime is that it doesn't work unless it has some wind. Now, all of our instruments on stage, you see the players, except for Sammy. Somehow the lights are such that it just looks like the drums are playing by themselves, and then a man steps out from behind, and you're like, wow. Ah, I had no idea. Pay no attention to the man behind the drum cage. But the thing about wind chimes is you don't get to see the player. We don't see God with our eyes. We don't see God walking around. We don't get to see what God looks like, if God is tall or short, thin or wide. We don't get to see God with our eyes, but we can hear God. We can feel God. The thing about wind chimes is they don't work. You can't see why they work. You can only hear them work. Sometimes the world feels as if God is not present, as if God is not here. It's as if a still wind chime is on the stage, and we're wondering exactly when God will make God's self known. Friends, I wonder if we're the breeze needed to amplify the sound of God working in our lives. See, friends, God will show up in our lives. God showed up in my life, but I only saw God because my mother taught me about God. God would have shown up in my life God would have made God's self-known in my life, but I only knew God because church mothers taught me about God. They had patience with me when I would not stop asking questions in Sunday school. They had patience with me when I was annoying in worship. They had patience with me. They had love for me. They showed up for me. They were the wind in the chimes. When we see burdens, when we see hurt we see destruction in our world i ask you how will y'all amplify the music of god how will the presence of god be made real because of your life i know that some of you think that you're not called to do that i know just because of how many people are here there's at least you know 75% 80% of you that think no that's for someone else to do i can't be the wind that moves the chimes that plays the music of God, I'm more of a background character. I challenge you. Esther thought the same thing. Mordecai, I'm just a girl. I'm just a pretty face. I'm not here to change the world. I'm here to be an ornament. And yet, the only reason we know God, the only reason we know Jesus is because a young girl knew that she was called for such a time as this. God calls people better, and I'm here to tell you, the, we have this belief that God calls only people that are better than you, better than me, better than us here in this space. No, amplifying the music of God is for preachers or worship leaders or for ushers or for greeters. It's not for me. And yet I got to tell you, that is evil's only hope, to keep these chimes silent. The only way the music of God stays quiet is if we are allowed to be convinced that we have nothing to add. Friends, you are needed. You will be the presence of God in someone's life this week. I am called. What I want you to do this week, your challenge for this week, your action step for this week is simple. I want you to say to yourself, I am called until you believe it. If that takes you seven days, I'll see you next week. I hope by mid Tuesday you really believe it. But if you could tell yourself that you are called, I think that the music of God would be so deafening and so loud that the world would begin to change. I forget that we have wind chimes until it gets too windy outside. A huge wind chime. I don't hear it until it gets windy. And then when it gets windy, I think, how do we take that wind chime down? What if, friends, what if our neighborhoods, our community, our world, people start wondering, where did we get that wind chime? And why is it so loud? The only hope evil has is to convince the saints who hear my voice, that's you, that they have nothing left to give. Salvation will come. And who knows, maybe you have been called for such a time as this. All right, friends, I hope you heard something in today's message that made an impact in your life, helped you know that you're loved by God and inspired you to do something about the gospel that is offered to you. Now receive this blessing as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Amen.